Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me once again from this palatial VoIP line in the middle of the internet is Brandon Shockney. Brandon, how are you? Bill, I'm doing great, all things considered. How are you? I'm, I'm hanging in there, you know. I'm, I'm thinking about just like the uh, the sports out there, that the, the XFL might happen again. I guess uh, Vince McMahon is trying to buy like all the rights back to the league, and so... Maybe he's going to like restart the league again. And hey, if he's willing to try and make a professional football league for a third time, then really, who are we to give up now? Then you know what? You're right. That's inspiring. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> this big man is a uh, ghoulish but inspiring man, I suppose. <laughs> like literally, if you see a picture of him nowadays, he looks like a ghoul. Oh, I'm going to yeah. Google that ghoul later. <laughs> well, hold off. Yeah, don't don't Google them right now because uh, at this point we need to talk about some uh, video games we've been, we've been playing lately. So uh, as always, I'll start off with my Kustamari question. Hey, Brandon, what you playing? Well, thanks for asking, Bill. Um, you know, the majority of the stuff I've been playing, you've also been a part of. But I'll start <laughs> with I'll start with the one thing that you have not been a part of. Um, and I've been playing a lot of Persona 5, um, of course. I think I've already made the joke about how that's the French version of Persona 5, so I'll just let it go. Yes, Persona 5 Royale with cheese um, <laughs> is what I've been playing. And it is truly, truly, truly the definitive version of the game. I have put now about 138 hours into it. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> uh, I've spent a lot of time in the Velvet Room just creating personas. Um, but, no, I, I am... Uh, by the time this episode comes out, I'll probably be done with the game. I'm in the the royal content at the moment. So I've already beaten uh, the where the original game... Um, ended in that storyline uh, so now I'm in kind of the the epilogue of the the game uh, it's just one more uh, month uh, that you get to play through as for people that don't know about Persona 5 uh, you um, it's like half uh, dungeon RPG half like uh, dating lifestyle simulation um, where you where you build relationships um, uh, with uh, various uh, confidants is what they're called in the game. Uh, so people in your town that um, you uh, get closer to and they provide various perks and abilities that you can utilize in the the dungeon crawling aspect of the game uh, where you investigate uh, these things called palaces, um, which are um, these distortions of people's uh, hearts and desires so uh, what they do is this group of fa phantom thieves is what they're called so this group of of um, mostly high schoolers um, they have this power where they can uh, enter this other realm and in this other realm if someone uh, a particular person has distorted uh, desire has a distorted uh, heart 
then they have something called a palace where these distorted uh, desires live and a distorted version of them live. Uh, and so the phantom themes go into these palaces, they defeat uh, the enemies and defeat this distorted version of the person. And in doing so, they change that person's heart. So when they return back to reality, that person is now uh, uh, wanting to atone for any of their like sins and whatnot. So it's, it's a very strange uh, story uh, that is very fun and very um, heartfelt and uh, is like a commentary on about youth and like losing uh, this like drive and morality that you have uh, when you are younger and uh, when you are an adult uh, becoming more uh, hardened and becoming less good of a person. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a commentary on all that and trying to recapture uh, you know, um, that goodness and that, that, uh, will to do the right thing and that the will to break away from the norm and to rebel and to you know, be free. Uh, so there, there's a lot going on within the game itself, but it, it is horribly addicting in all aspects, uh, just building the different relationships, uh, with the various characters, uh, is, is such a great time. They're all so well realized and, uh, wonderfully animated um, and uh, then uh, you know going through uh, and the combat is really great uh, Royal uh, because it is the definitive version of Persona 5 is so refined they've fine-tuned all the different elements um, that's good to hear yeah I mean I love the combat in the original I thought that was like one of the best parts of it but like little things like if you remember how all of your characters have like guns that they can use well in the original persona 5 once you ran out of your bullets for that gun you were kind of out of that through the rest of the the dungeon and you only had like eight bullets or so but now you're like bullets refill after every battle so you can use your gun realistically in like every single battle you have which kind of changes up a lot of that gameplay it's not overly uh, it's not overpowered by any means but it certainly makes it actually useful as opposed to uh, being something that i never used in the original game uh, and there's also these fun now things called showtimes which are like these finisher moves uh, similar to how you could do like an all-out attack in the original, well, now there's a thing where two characters, uh, you know, it, 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 it kind of randomly comes up. Uh, usually it happens after maybe a character has uh, taken an especially devastating hit. Or maybe Joker, your main character's named Joker. Joker, like, knocks down an enemy. And then when it goes to Ryuji's turn, Ryuji can now use a Showtime against that enemy. Which is, uh, when you click to use Showtime... It's a attack with two two characters uh, that are in your party, and they have this elaborate cutscene that is uh, themed differently depending on which two characters are are uh, part of the the attack. And they're so fun, and it's such a great addition. Uh, I mean, I can't get into all the different additions that this game has, but they're all so good, and they they just improve upon the game. Yeah, there's like a lot I want to know, but. I can't really ask about it because I think I have I have somewhat of an idea of things that could be changed or things that could be included, but mm-hmm. without really exploring the game's story and like explaining what happens, it's uh 
it's hard to get into it. I mean, just yeah, the, I mean, the, the basic setup is you're a high school student jo- uh, joining a new class for the first time, and you have this uh, controversy surrounding you because you were involved in a crime. Now, the crime and the nature of it and your role in that crime are all explored in the game. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I can say. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, don't, I won't go into to any, like, spoiler territory here. But uh, you'll probably remember from the original game, Bill, that Mementos is a very big part of the game. Like, you uh, exploring that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it, in the original, it's a little bit of a slog, I think. And it kind of, like, drags down the pace of the game. But now, with the elements that they've added in Royal, uh, exploring Mementos is not only fun, but also extremely beneficial. Um, There's a character called Jose that you'll meet um, in uh, Mementos, and Jose provides you with perks. Uh, uh, So there's these stamps now that you can find throughout Mementos. So you like explore different areas and you can uh, get a stamp. Uh, And when you turn in in these stamps to uh, Jose, he then boosts, you can utilize uh, those to boost things within Mementos, like boost uh, experience, boost money, boost uh, item drops. So like after a while, I I was getting like 150% boost to my base experience by uh, doing battles in um, mementos so it makes any element where you need to like grind much easier uh, where you need money much easier Uh, so it it, like makes mementos feel like a an integral part of of the game with with giving you like little things to collect and explore and like have it be more uh, just useful uh, for you. So yeah, I, and I, I also, I want to point out, I've been following like a guide this time through. Uh, the first time I played uh, the base uh, Persona 5 game, I did not follow a guide, but this time I have been um, just to, just to utilize my time the most I, I could. Cause I, this time I wanted to see everyone's uh, max, like, confidant social link thing um story play out because you know the first time i went through i didn't i didn't get everyone um so this i wanted to be like the definitive experience so i have been following a guide but it it hasn't taken away from my enjoyment of the game overall um so yeah no i'm really enjoying all the new characters that are just exclusive to royal all the new storylines um and now that i'm in the royal content especially i'm like it's just surprise after surprise. Uh, it really makes it feel like a, a new experience. So I recommend, even if you've played the game before, uh, to dive back in. I mean, this is one of my, this is maybe my favorite PlayStation 4 game ever. It's so good. I I, I, I like every element of it. So I'll be, I'll be playing it uh, for several more hours uh, for sure before I finally decide to wrap it up. I mean, I can't really say too much about it. I know people who have like 150 hours in Animal Crossing. So, you know, I totally <laughs> can recognize putting that much time into a, a game. It's like For sure. And then beyond that, beyond that, I mean, I know it took, took up a lot of time uh, talking about Persona. But uh, beyond that, I've been playing um, a lot of Splatoon 2, uh, which you've been there for a lot of that bill but now uh this this the weekend we're recording this is uh the splat fest 
is going on at the moment. Um, and that's been uh, really fun. It's uh, ketchup versus mayo. Um, uh, so uh, it, it's so cool. This is my first time kind of experiencing this because I'm fairly new to the game. But the whole like there was like a the the whole like hub world uh, of Splatoon has been turned into like this concert area where like Marina and they're they're like giving a performance and there's like a oh, very cool. different vibe to everyone. Cool. Yeah, it's it's so great. Um, and then it's it's a lot of fun. You like gain renown. Uh, so like you start out as like a ketchup fanboy and then you uh, you progress to being like a ketchup fiend and then you regress to like a ketchup defender and then so you get like titles as you uh as you go along uh but it's it's great i'm i'm really enjoying uh playing the the splat fest excellent yeah we've been playing a bit on uh like thursday nights on stream and just my only regret has been how many hoops we've tried to jump through to like just play as a group of four together on the same team and it's like almost impossible right yes it is very difficult i'm wondering it seems like there's a i'm wondering if it's easier to do it now that splatfest is going on it looks like there's an option because it is uh specifically but but i think you all have to be on the same team right so like i know justine uh, who's played with us before is team mayo and i'm te- team ketchup so i don't think we could team up during the Splatfest, but depending on... Yeah, like, neither could I, because uh, Team Ketchup, ride or die. Team Ketchup, baby. Well, may- maybe we should try and uh, uh, play a little bit together or something. I don't know. Uh, this weekend, while while it's still going on, because, yeah, it, that's the one drawback about the game, is that it's very hard to play with your friends. I would still like to try the, the Salmon Run if we can. That, that would be neat as a four-player PvE. It just It's so strange like... The training for that was actually kind of tricky, <laughs> where you have to like mm-hmm. fight each of the uh, like boss characters. Yeah, I mean the the bosses they, they're pretty hard one on one. I think like the idea seems to be you take them on four on one normally. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that was weird. Yeah, no, I think it, it, yeah we we absolutely have to try that because I I think that would be fun to get into together um, just to switch things up. I mean I I'm pretty obsessed with turf war. Uh, on on Splatoon, but uh, I'm I'm down to try other modes, absolutely. And then uh, the only other thing I've been playing was was Monster Prom, which we we played a little bit uh, together, and I, I think we'll be playing some more of it together as well. So I, I I had a lot of fun with that too. Yeah, Monster Prom. That's that was really cool. It just came out right before we've been recording this, and it's a it's been on PC for a while, but this is the first time it's been available on Switch, and it's really neat. It's like a four person choose your own adventure game of a like a raunchy adventure of people going through high school and trying to find a date for the monster prom i've never played a competitive dating sim it's it's pretty fun it's so different same here like they mentioned it in the credits but it's kind of the same formula used for this game called the yog the yog is a game that came out a few years ago on steam and it's the same idea of like you choosing to do different things in the world and like influence your stats, but it's like the setup is you know you're trying you're medieval timey and you're trying to prepare for this oncoming uh, oncoming threat called the Yog, and so Monster Prom lightens it up a touch. I th- I'd still like to check out the Yog at some point. I've never played it because you know you need four people to do it and. Uh, First, though, of course, yeah, let's play some more Monster Prom. That was uh, really fun, really funny, too. 
Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was cracking up over some of that stuff. So this was a very fun writing and um, yeah, no, it's, it, you, you, it's constant surprises, uh, which is nice. So yeah, but beyond that, that's, that's all I've been uh, playing. So I guess I'll, I'll throw it over to you, Bill. What have you been playing? Well, I've been playing a lot of stuff to uh, connect me with other people. So yeah, I've been playing lots of Splatoon 2. I've been playing some Monster Prom. Uh, what else? I, I've i played some Rocket League. I, I hadn't played Rocket League in like four or five years practically, but wow. you know, uh, got together with some friends and have been playing that. It's uh, one of the few games out there that has cross-play across like every platform. So Switch ps4 xbox and pc people can all play together and that's been awesome for getting games going yeah for sure it makes it easy to to connect with your your friends through games during this time yeah and i just like i think i said this before when i was talking about uh, the war zone mode on call of duty which also has crossplay. i wish there were more crossplay options out there i think it's like Warzone, rocket league and fortnite are the ones that come to mind mm-hmm so uh, we'll see if anyone actually takes us up on that offer. But uh, yeah, Rocket League, I mean, it's, a, of course, a great game. It's where, you know, you're driving a car around, you're trying to hit the ball into a net or a hoop or whatever. And it's, uh, you know, it's pretty challenging. I, I've, I've found there's, uh, like, I, at this point, I'm even just getting back to it after such a long absence, I'm getting the hang of it again. But it's definitely been a thing where people are, like, not quite sure how to approach it. And you're, like, you need to get used to, like, using the camera to look for the ball in the air while you're driving and like driving in a way to like manipulate the ball and get it to go in the direction you want it to go. It's mm-hmm. not easy at all to get that going though. Right. Like simple to pick up and play, but, but difficult to master. I think that, that, yeah, that's, that's the sign of a good game, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was actually watching a documentary recently called Not for Resale, and they were talking about how they uh, originally conceived the idea. They were just like, oh, we can make these uh, cars that can drive around and, you know, they can go really fast and stuff. So what do we do with it? And then someone's just like, oh, you could put a ball in there. It's like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> and the, the, the amazing part is, like, this is, like, sort of a sequel to a game they put out over a decade ago and it's got like some incredibly long name it's like hypersonic something 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 and it never really took off but this time when rocket league came out it was an inclusion in playstation plus it was free the first month uh that it was out if you had playstation plus and that drove a lot of people to the game and then even after that month ended Lots of people would still, you know, pay the 20 bucks to play the game and play it with their friends. Like, they got a little lucky and they caught fire with that uh, inclusion in the PlayStation Plus format. Yeah, seemed like a good strategy for them, for sure. Because, yeah, like, now you see it. It's a, a physical game. You can buy it in the store on Switch, on Xbox, and PS4. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let's see, the other multiplayer game, aside from the ones we've discussed that I've been checking out, is called Scribble. Or, I guess, Scribble.io, maybe? It's a, uh, it's kind of just Pictionary. It's a game that's very <laughs> easy to approach because it's just a web browser, and you go in there with a few friends, and one person gets a clue, and they have to draw something based off that clue, and everyone's trying to guess competitively, like what 
that thing they're drawing is and like the order oh, yeah. in which like you get Pictionary. the answer. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. like in Pictionary, I think it's just like you play as like a two person team or like maybe only one person get the get the answer. So here they've right. they can do it so that everyone can answer and everyone can guess. Like so the first person who answers gets the most points and then the second person gets, you know, the second most and all the way down to the last person getting in there. And so you get a bonus too if you get everyone to guess your thing. Oh, so you don't, nice. You don't want to like make something that's impossible for anyone to guess. You want them to guess it. Right. Yeah, so it's like an everyone wins type deal. And it's a really basic game. It's just that like the the barrier to entry is also very low. Just like go on the web and, you know, play and you know you probably need to use like a desktop or a laptop to do it. It's probably not ideal for a phone. Maybe an iPad mm-hmm. would be okay for it, but that's really made it easy for people to jump on. And of course, also Jackbox still doing some Jackbox. The the one that's been popular from the most recent set, the Jackbox Party Pack Six, is the uh, there's a stand up comedian mini game where like uh, you're all trying to come up with punchlines to jokes together. Oh wow! So like it'll give you the setup to a joke. Like you you input a noun, it'll give you a setup to a joke using that noun, and then you have to write the punchline. And like I'm, I'm having fun with that. Like it's not even like I'm playing with like other like former improv people, just like you know, normies or muggles. Not nah, no, right. Say that in good faith. Yeah, just like you know, just playing with my friends who don't normally like write jokes, and it's been fun that way too. Yeah, I feel like that's better, right? Like you know, you want them to be kind of all over the place and be kind of uh, more unpredictable yes. that way. Yes, and like pretty quickly, everyone picked up on the idea of pandering, which is something uh, <laughs> that everyone uh, knows about, even uh, stand up or non stand up. It's just uh, like we'll make like in jokes of things that like we know, you know, I'm not going to repeat them. They're not, they're not like dirty or explicit, but there's like it wouldn't make any sense outside of that context. It's just. Uh, right. Yeah. And you just got to know your audience. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then the only single-player game I've been touching lately is uh, Final Fantasy VI. And, you know, I've been streaming that for a bit. And I got to this point where I was getting kind of frustrated with Final Fantasy VI. Like, I thought I was uh, on a straight line to beating it. And, uh, like, I, you know, I was getting some help from my friend, Ben, who was, like, showing me where to go in the uh, second part of the game. Because uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil the uh, back half of a 25-year-old RPG. <laughs> At the halfway point or so, or maybe like the two-thirds point way of Final Fantasy VI, the bad guy, Kafka, he succeeds. He ends up destroying the world. And like the the very map is altered. Like it's gone from this like kind of one big continent and then a few other smaller like land masses to like all these islands all over the place and during this calamity your entire party gets separated and you have to go around and like find them and bring them all back together before you can go and fight Kefka again but you know because i would say in part it's a it's an older game they are a little uh less forgiving with like giving you clues as to where to go and like what to do so i mean if i had just had to go around and like fly back and forth or walk back and forth across the map to find everyone it would have taken me who knows how long and i 
I might have given up or I might have just had to like look at a fact myself instead of asking a friend for it. But I, you know, I did it and then I went to the final dungeon and I got stomped. Like I got to the, there, there, you know, there's, you'd expect in a final dungeon, there'll be several hard monsters. And like the very first one I found kicked my ass. <laughs> I, I, I watched, I remember uh, you put that clip on, on Twitter. I watched that clip of defeat on your face. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So the, yeah. That was later on. So later on, I was like, all right, I'm going to go and grind and like get my level up on my party so it'll be easier. So I went to this place that's like, I think in the game, it's called like the Cult of Kefka Tower. And, you know, I just call it the Magic Tower because there you have to use only magic spells. You can't use like attack, you know, uh, steal other commands, only magic. And instead of gaining exp all your characters gain ap which is the way they build up their magic so it's a very fast way to learn very powerful spells Mm -hmm. the only thing is it's not they don't count it as a dungeon technically so you can't just like leave whenever you want and you there are no save points literally none the whole way so like when you see that clip i that's my third time trying to get to the top of that tower and you can't save, of course. And I get to the top. That's the final boss of the tower. If you beat that boss, you're basically done. Like, you have to go back down the tower. But, you know, you should be okay doing that now. And it, you know, when it died, it cast an attack that killed my entire team. <laughs> and then I hadn't saved because I couldn't. I couldn't leave the tower. And so it's like an hour of work just gone. And I was just like, oh, yeah, man. crushed. So it was, it was, I didn't realize it was after you had killed it, it had an attack? Yeah, yeah. So like the, you know, I, I'd been attacking it and the very last thing it does is set, it casts a spell Ultima, which is the most powerful spell in the game. Mm-hmm. And the only way to survive it is to cast re-raise on one or several of your party members so that when they uh, get hit with it, they'll come back to life. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Well, now you know for next time, I guess. I went back and I did it. And I did successfully do the re-raise. So we're okay now. We're okay now. So now instead of just... I'm fighting uh, Tyrannosaurus Rexes in a forest. Because those are very uh, powerful enemies that give you a lot of EXP. As you do. You know, you go go climb a tower. Then you go fight Tyrannosauruses. Yeah. Find some some T-Rexes in a forest. As you do. And actually, even though this is kind of tedious, it is giving me a little more appreciation than I had before for like the combat system and like all the different depth and stuff that you could find in the world. It just like it felt so abstract and obtuse to find a lot of the depth that it made it uh, tricky to want to uh, go and do it on my own. Like uh, there's a here's an example. So there's this one character, Tara, and when you run into her, she's like, you know, taking care of a bunch of children that were orphaned after the whole disaster. And she's like, no, I can't leave this kid. Sorry. I got to be, you know, their caretaker now. And in the game, like your characters, your other characters are like, okay, well, maybe we need to give her a little time to figure things out before she'll rejoin the party. And that means that you have to like go off and do like three other quests and then come back. But 
if I had been like, you know, left to myself to figure that out, there's no way I would have known, right? Right. Like, I would have just like been coming back every, you know, hour and be like, so, you ready? You ready now? You ready? You ready? (laughs) Come on. Well, that's the thing about, man, Square uh, in Final Fantasy, they sometimes they're they're pretty obtuse. Like playing the the Final Fantasy VII remake, it's a little more direct about stuff now, but mm-hmm. even then, uh, they can still trick you sometimes. Because like, there's this one side quest late in the game where you know you go someplace and like you talk to a guy and he's like, "I need you to go take care of something for me, but if you want, I'll give you a hint for ten thousand gil." And I was like, come on, I can figure this out without the hint. Screw you. But <laughs> when you give him the 10,000 gil, he also gives you a really nice weapon. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, that's a different story then. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, still packing away at that. I hope to be finished soon. I, I think I'm very, very close now. Like uh, before all my characters were at level 35 or so. Now I'm pushing them all up to level 45 and teaching them a lot of really good spells. That that was also the problem I was having with the final dungeon is like, you know, throughout the game you're using four party members, right? But at the end, you have to use 12 party members. You have to split your party, your entire cast of characters into three parties and maneuver them through the dungeon. So there were just a lot of characters wow. that I hadn't been using and they had like no useful skills at this point in the game. Yeah, that's tough. I I feel like I always end up stick and do you know my favorites in an rpg like that so yeah i mean that's cool that's a cool idea but yeah sounds tough it, it was and like to be fair they kind of introduce you to that idea a little bit throughout the game like there are a few different points where you have to create multiple parties and like those times i would just like balance it out i'd be like you know i have well i have these two very powerful characters i'll just put one in this party and the other in this party and they'll carry the load but it's not that's not enough you can't do that for the final dungeon right <laughs> You have to teach the 10-year-old girl how to cast Ultima. Responsible. Sounds responsible. Very responsible. She can cast it now. It's a terrifying thought. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's that's everything I got right now, though. You know, I've been playing lots of multiplayer games. I haven't touched much new uh, single-player yet. I'm thinking that will change soon once I'm finally it- done once and for all with these Final Fantasies. Yeah, we got some games coming down the, the pipeline, too. We got, uh, well, I, I know you probably won't be playing, but I'll be playing Last of Us Part Two here next month. And then we got um, Paper Mario and the Origami King in July, which I, I'm also interested in. So there's stuff uh, stuff coming along here that'll be, be fun to get back into on the single-player side of things. Yeah, I uh, I'm looking forward to Paper Mario. I don't I don't want to yuck anyone's yum on Last of Us. I'm I'm really sincerely hoping that it's uh, everything that you were looking for in a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Ghost of Tsushima is coming out also in July. I, were you into that at all? I have that pre-ordered digitally. And usually I don't do digital uh, purchases, but this one I'm I'm pretty confident about. So I, I yeah I have it uh, pre-ordered already. Mm, okay that, so, that, yeah. that state of play was great did you watch that i didn't i uh i heard a little bit about it and like i i heard that they added like a black and white mode which i thought was pretty cute yeah it is very cool and i, I plan on playing the game uh there's there's a full japanese audio too which is cool uh, oh yeah that seems track. like the the way you would want to play that particular game yeah 
so yeah, it seems uh, seems like they've they've put a lot of thought and work into this. So I'm I'm pumped for it. Cool. Yeah, uh, we will have to see what else is coming out this year. I feel like it's been without E3 on the horizon. The announcements are a lot more scattered. So we'll yeah we'll see what else is coming down the chute. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Brandon, I think that's uh, gonna be it for us though this week. Uh, we'll have to get back together and talk, of course, about those games uh, once they're out. But in the meantime, just thank you so much for discussing what you've been playing. Uh, if you want people to find you anywhere online, where can they find you? Thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, they can find me on Twitter at BEEShock. Awesome. As for us, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from Simplecast or stream via Spotify. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits, Wednesday and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time, with the occasional Saturday thrown in there as well. If you'd like to find other great nerdy podcasts, such as So Many Bits or others, look on nerdlogs.com. They're great. And last but not least, thank you very much for listening. Have a great summer.